the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom. What a great day. Amen. And it's a great day to start a whole new topic. And so we will do that. But first, let's pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. We honor you, Lord. We are excited about what you are going to do this year. I pray for all our listeners, that they will be excited about who you are in their lives and that they will rejoice in you and that they will see themselves grow in you and you will just do mighty works in them and their families. So, Lord, we pray. We pray for a wonderful radio year of teaching, we pray for just a wonderful year that we can bring you the glory. So, Father, we thank you, we praise you, and honor you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, as this is the second program of 2022, I still want to thank all of you for uh, the support you've given us last year. It was definitely a blessing. We feel the prayers, and we're thankful for the finances as well. And, you know, as we begin this new year, uh, we're going to ask you to pray more. And if you can give a gift to help cover our airtime, that is wonderful as well. Um, Call our office, 813-831-5673. Speak to Karen. And uh, that would be great. Uh, Most of you have friends who are Jewish and they are pre-believers. Why don't we start the New Year's off right by coming to services uh, sometime in the next few weeks, either Friday night or Saturday. Saturday is more of our family service. And uh, come and bring these Jewish pre-believers. It would be a tremendous blessing. And uh, I would like you to check our website for times and locations. Uh, That would be great. You can uh, check us at Shoresh, S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org. Okay. Um, We have locations in St. Pete, South Tampa, Wesley Chapel. We even have a Spanish service. So um, check our website. And since our services are Friday night, Saturday, we don't compete with church services. Um, 
Look, soon the spring feast of Passover will be upon us. We'd love to come to your church or Bible study or fellowship and demonstrate or speak about Passover as one of God's appointed times. Passover will fill you with new information, inspiration, and strengthen your faith. So, again, call the office and speak to Karen, 813-831-5673. If you want to reach me directly, you can, uh, with thoughts or questions or anything, really, uh, in regards to what we do, uh, just email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. All right? So, uh, last week we looked at the topic of love in fact, the past couple weeks. And uh, this week, as I said, we're beginning a new topic, and it is going to be hopefully very interesting to you and provocative. Should believers be political influencers? Ooh, we're going to talk about the separation of church and state, right? I believe that believers should seek to influence our government at any or every level concerning God's moral standards and God's purposes for government, which are clearly spoken of in Scripture. You know, if we don't stand for religious freedom, who will? Though we would like everyone to believe in Yeshua as their Messiah, that cannot be mandated by any group, including the government. So we need to fight for the right for each person to be able to believe in God from their understanding, even if it's different from ours, right? And last week we talked about our love and God's love, and regardless of how much people disagree with our faith, we must show love. We can be passionate about politics, but we need to be more passionate about God and his will and our obedience to him. Can I get an amen to that, right? Okay. Our understanding about love, faith, and politics should all come from Scripture, from the Bible. So I would look at this today maybe in three ways. We can find examples of men and women in the Bible who brought their godly viewpoint to politics. And even in some cases, when the political people were secular. Secondly, we can find scriptures that speak on the issues. And thirdly, we can look at, I, I like to look at former presidents and get a sense about what they say from their speeches and how they included God in the government. Now, I realize this is provocative because a lot of people say, oh, you should be just worrying about God and, and glorifying God. But I believe to care about our country and its politics and the government brings glory to God. If I didn't care, then I don't think I'd be bringing glory to God in this area. So let's start uh, with people who were influencers in the government 
who are scriptural. Uh, You know, one of the good examples, I would think, is Joseph. Joseph was the most important government official next to Pharaoh. From Scripture, most of what we read is that Joseph, though he was an Israelite and a strong believer in God, only influenced Egypt in governmental issues. So he didn't get involved in the religious issues. He just, even though he believed in God, the God of Israel, he didn't try and influence Egypt and their government, anything except for the issues of the government. And so Joseph uh, and his relationship with God, uh, that's how he knew there was going to be a famine. And that's how he became second in command because of his relationship with God. So another person who was similar in some ways was Moses. He grew up in Pharaoh's household, but when he came back, you know, and and he went to Pharaoh, a, a new Pharaoh, a different Pharaoh, and said, let my people go. This displays godly influence on a secular government. But it was for religious freedom and physical freedom both, because the people of Israel had been slaves for 400 years. So others were Nehemiah, who was a cupbearer to the king, Mordecai, who became second to the king, and Queen Esther, who also had influence with the king. So these are all people who were involved in government, but yet they were people of God. Then there were others in the Bible who were influencers by pointing out the sins of the people. And and they pointed this out other than just the people of Israel. So we see, for instance, Jonah affected the people of Nineveh for the Lord. That was like the largest uh, revival that we have ever seen, right? That all of Nineveh got saved. And and so uh, this was an example of how he affected uh, the people of Nineveh. We can also see this in Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Amos, Obadiah, and others. They spoke with God's anointing about the moral standards of God. They talked about sin and and how God wanted us to get away from sin, which uh, has a lot to do with the government and holding the people accountable, holding the government accountable. So this was a common practice with the prophets. And we see examples of this also in the New Covenant. John, known as the baptizer, right? Uh, rebuked Herod in his own personal life. You can read that in Matthew 14, 3 and 4, and Luke 3, 18 through 20. And certainly Paul had opportunities to speak to the government officials too. Before we look at Scripture's teaching about our involvement in government, it's important to see the purpose of what's the purpose of a government, Right. The purpose is to protect people from conflicts and provide law and order. 
So in order to do that in the United States, we have what is called the Constitution, which divides our government into, well, the federal part of our government into three branches. And and actually, our state governments are divided somewhat similarly to make sure that no one individual or group has too much power. And what's happening in today's in, in our country today is that people are taking advantage of the power they have and taking some of the power from these other groups, which is not good. So we have the legislative group, which is Congress, and their job is to make laws. We have the executive group, which is the president, the vice president, the cabinet, most federal agencies, and they carry out the law. Okay. They don't make law. They carry out the law. Well, you can see where there's been some overreach, right? And then there's judicial. And those are the courts, Supreme Court, the other courts. They evaluate the laws to see if the laws are constitutional. So for believers to not be involved in the government means that you want a secular government to rule and 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 they will rule by what we would call common sense right they will make rules that you and i have to live by because of their common sense they will decide on what's moral they will decide on the direction of our country yeah so <laughs> The most basic scripture disagrees with that model. And that's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You all know it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. (laughs) Because God knows that our understanding goes sideways. Because we we are... (laughs) Involving ourselves in it. Okay, so you understand. Lean not on your own understanding. Then it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and acknowledge God. And then he will direct your ways or he will make your path straight. Now, we know plenty of believers who don't do this, or they call themselves believers, but even less are the people who are not believers. Correct? Doesn't that make sense? Government at their very best was not the intention of God. Remember what God said in 1 Samuel 8, 7? Then Adonai said to Samuel, listen to the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, rather they have rejected me from being king over them. See, God wanted to be king over the people of Israel. And so... In verse 9, it says, so now listen to their voice. However, you must earnestly forewarn them and declare to them the rulings of the king who will reign over them. And this is what it says. They will be the practice. This will be the practice of the king. This is verse 11 that will reign over you. He said he will draft your sons and assign them as charioteers, a chariot. 
charioteers and horsemen, and they will run before his chariots. He will appoint them as commanders of thousands and captains of fifties, also some to plow his fields, reap his harvest, make his weapons of war, and the equipment for his chariots. Also, he will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He will seize the best of your fields, vineyards, and olive groves, and give thanks, uh, and give them to his courtiers. He will make a tenth of your grain and uh, take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officials and slaves. He will also take your male and female servants, your best young men, your donkeys, and make them do his work. He will also take a tenth of your flocks. Then you yourselves will become his slaves. When the day comes and you cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves, Adonai will not answer you on that day. Verse 19, but the people refused to listen to Samuel, and they said, no, but a king should be over us, so we may become like all the nations, having our king who will judge us go out before us and fight our battles. And isn't that what people are saying right now? We want to be like other nations. Here we are, the best country in the world, saying we want to be like the lesser nations. Does this make any sense whatsoever? And you're saying that believers should not be involved in the government and and leaders in the religious community should not be talking about politics? This affects us at the very core of our being. Politicians will choose those things that their common sense say is right. Most of them will not consult the Lord. They will allow the country to decay over time. And this is where we are now. We are decaying. What makes things worse is that believers who become politicians often lose their focus on God, and they succumb to the same pressures of the people and the world and the culture. What does God want from our leaders and from you and I and from all of us? Micah 6.8 says, He told you, humanity, what is good and what Adonai is seeking from you, to practice justice Love mercy and walk humbly with your God. That's what God is looking for. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31 to 33, it says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense either to Jewish or Greek people or to God's community, just as I also try to please everyone in everything, not seeking my own benefit, but the benefit of many, so that they may be saved. And the basic concept of what we want to see in our leaders is that they will not seek for their own benefit, but the benefit of many. Does that make sense? Everything that God wants from us is based on Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, and Leviticus 19, 18. Uh, The short version is, love God, love your neighbor. And as Yeshua said 
uh, about these scriptures in the Hebrew scriptures, he refers to them in Matthew twenty two forty, and then he says the entire Torah and the prophets hang on these two commandments, meaning love God and love your neighbor. I feel like when we as believers are not involved in politics, we disobey Messiah's heart. And in this scripture, Matthew 5, 15 and 16, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on a lampstand, so it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, so they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Does this make sense? Don't you see that when we are not involved in the political structure, whether it's voting or whether it's being a politician, We are hiding our light under the lampstand. We are just putting it under a basket. And and God wants us to shine for him. He wants us to be the leaders so that we can bring him into everything so he once again can be the leader of our country as we would be servant leaders of the high God. Does this make sense? I sure hope so, because it, 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 is so, it, it just burns me up when believers say we shouldn't be involved or we shouldn't talk. Like, church is this holy place that you can't talk about politics. That doesn't make sense. We're talking about sin in, in our congregations, right? And if we're talking about sin, we're talking about politics. (laughs) So we can't get away from it. I mean, look at some of the the main issues here. I mean, the first issue I would talk about is abortion, which is a political issue today. Are you saying that it's not a biblical issue? (laughs) I mean, we shouldn't talk about it. Come on now. In Psalm 139, verse 13, it says, For you, Lord, have created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. This clearly points out that a baby in the womb is God's handiwork. It's all about God. Every time you see a baby born, you should be thanking God. And... To kill a baby before being born is is showing that you're against God because it's his handiwork that produced the baby. In Exodus 21, verses 22 to 25, when men strive together and hit a pregnant woman so that her children come out, but there is no harm, the one who hit her shall surely be fined. As the woman's husband shall impose on him, and he shall pay as the judge determines. But if there is harm, then you shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Is this clear? 
Is this clear? We see how serious God views the baby in the womb. If you harm the baby accidentally, God's requiring you your life as well. How would God feel about it if it were intentional, which is what abortion is? God made a law that placed a higher value on protecting the life of a preborn child than the life of anyone uh, else in, in Israeli society. I'm getting worked up, so I'm just going to pray and end the show, but we're going to continue this next week. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you, we praise you, and honor you. And we just ask, O oh Lord, that this teaching would go into our hearts And I pray for all those who are listening that they're going to grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah and that we will not allow the influence of secular society and culture to infiltrate our heart, our mind, and our spirit. And I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.